Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. Yay, she back, she back. We have the wonderful classic co-host here. Um, I feel like you and Christy are tag teaming. By the time this airs, Christy will either be literally like heading to the hospital or have with her, with child. Yeah, have her bebe. So you guys, so now Miriam's here. <laughs> I'm back. You're, how old is Max now? Max um, just turned one like a few weeks ago. Oh, mazel Max. I know. So I don't know if that technically makes him a toddler at this point. Unclear, but he'll always be baby Max. I mean, he's still a bebe. He's always still a baby. I can't wait for him and Amelia to meet. It's going to be so cute. Yes. Oh, my God. Amelia's my niece for those who don't know because why would you know? Anyways, so <laughs> – Um, This week, we are going to talk a little bit about burnout, um, Mm -hmm. but also just kind of hear about Miriam's experience of being a mom to basically a toddler while managing type one. I, to make this about me, as always, I, (laughs) every time I babysit my niece, I'm just like floored with how exhausted I am, first of all. And second of all, she's seven months. And second of all, how a couple of times I've had a low blood sugar while I have her in one arm and I'm like trying and she's screaming, right? Mm-hmm. Cause she was like three months at the time. And I'm like, how the heck am I supposed to do this when it's my child and I can't just pass her off. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miriam as always is the voice of reason and has so much to say on that. So Miriam, first of all, how has postpartum been? How is Max and how are the Shugs? Yeah. Well, it's, Crazy. Like, I I still can't fathom, and I think a lot of parents kind of feel the same way, but I'm like, how is he already one? How did a year go by? Like, time just sort of flies when you're sleep-deprived and very busy. Um, (laughs) So even thinking back, I'm like, it's like such a blur half the time. Um, And I think I want to preface this by saying, like, I was not – like, I'm a normal – person, right? I'm a human. So like my postpartum experience when it comes to the diabetes piece of things, like I was not perfect, obviously, like, why would that be an expectation? Um, So anything I'm sharing, like, take this as a personal experience, not as like advice of how we should go about this. No, no, no. Um, We just want to hear the Miriam, the the Miriam Miriam experience. experience. Um, But I think when I kind of tried to take a step back and think of it as a whole, I think what helped me manage the best is that I had a really solid routine or system set up for myself before I even got pregnant, right? So like before I got pregnant, I was already had a good sense of like what foods were easy to eat, what how they affected my blood sugars, like you know, I just got a had I was more confident in management. I really tried to tighten things up um in terms of how I corrected blood sugars, how I treated low blood sugars, things like that. So then obviously going from like that pre-pregnancy state of paying more attention to your diabetes, the pregnancy state of being like hypervigilant and aware of your diabetes, and then you shift to postpartum where it's like your brain cannot possibly like 
have time to even think about your diabetes because now you're taking care of another human. Um, the reality was diabetes was majorly on the back burner for me. And I was okay because I had such like a system set up for myself already. I have to give a lot of credit to Tandem. I was on the Control IQ with uh, my Tandem pump um, and the Dexcom. So that helped a lot. And I will say it allowed me to be sort of like lazy and not pay attention to my blood sugar because I had that like that net really. For those who don't know, Control IQ is when your continuous glucose monitor, and in this case, a Dexcom, communicates with your insulin pump, which is the tandem. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually like an integrated system where you just have to input a certain amount of things like your carbs or whatever. And it kind of, you set parameters and your blood sugar ideal range. And it kind of just takes over for you a little bit, I'd say. Yeah. It's it's like a good support, um, like a safety net, I'll say, because it's obviously not perfect, but they call it the, you know, the closed hybrid loop. Um, or hybrid closed loop, something like that. So it suspends your basals. If it, your blood sugar starts going low, it gives you like correction boluses if it sees that you're going high. So it really helps you not, it allows you to not pay attention a little bit, which was really crucial for me in the postpartum phase. Um, and so that was my reality, right? I like was not paying attention to diabetes um, and I still was okay. Um, obviously, by the way, Miriam not paying attention is also not the same as like high school Miriam not paying attention. Oh, 100%. This is a hundred percent. Like I was obviously still like giving boluses for when I ate. I was obviously still treating low, you know, obviously I was still doing the bare minimum, I think is a better way to put it. I was doing the bare minimum to sort of like survive while I was dealing, um, with a newborn. And some like weird, tricky, like diabetes, you know, sciencey things that happen in the postpartum period is that like, obviously in your, not obviously, but you know, we've discussed this before in your third trimester of pregnancy, you are using so much insulin. And then as soon as you give birth, it's like reverts back to less insulin than you were using even before you were pregnant. Like it's kind of crazy how rapidly that shifts. So you, it's this whiplash feeling of like, okay, this salad I used to, when I was in my third trimester, I would have had to give like 10 units of insulin for. Now I- salad, let that sink in people. It's crazy. And so now it's like, okay, something I, a week ago I was giving 10 units of insulin for, now it's like one unit of insulin. It's just like, it's so dramatic. Um, And honestly, it was kind of like nice. Like you feel like you're so sensitive right after pregnancy that it felt like I could like eat a whole lasagna and like be fine. You know, it was, it's It's not a recommendation, but (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was kind of crazy. And that, I mean, obviously that does not last forever, unfortunately, but it was nice. All the things I had sort of avoided in pregnancy, not because I couldn't have them, but because it was just too stressful for me to have them. So things like pizza and bagels and donuts and like, things that were just easier for me to avoid to um, during pregnancy so I didn't have to worry about the carb count. Now I was really indulging in that. And so it felt like a nice treat after pregnancy to be able to indulge um, and feel like kind of enjoy those things guilt-free. Um, Not that there should be guilt associated with it. I feel no. like I'm just like a walking <laughs> walking disclaimer. <laughs> um, but okay, so postpartum sounds – 
dope. But how is how would you manage like actual like dealing with moments? a baby? Yeah, yeah, dealing with a baby. Like, okay, we already don't get a ton of sleep as diabetics. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. But so maybe you're a little bit more used to that when it's time for a baby. But how do you manage actual crisis moments where you're like, yeah, you know, a freak thing happens where your insulin pump breaks or your, you know, whatever, like yeah. that. And so, you know, something my endocrinologist had told me, like right before I gave birth, when we were talking about preparing, he was like, have juice literally in every corner of your home or your apartment because. If you're like holding a baby, the baby's sleeping and your blood sugar is going low, you don't, you just want to be able to like reach your arm over and grab something. And so I really took that to heart. And so I had juice, like bottles or juice boxes, like literally everywhere. Um, Long before Max could have them. Yes. <laughs> um, exactly. He was like a newborn and didn't know what, what the heck was going on. But I had juice everywhere, um, which was helpful. And truly, I was very grateful. I had a lot of help and people around me during the initial postpartum period. So like the first like month for sure, I was rarely alone. Um, so that was very helpful. Obviously having people I could hand the baby off to or could let me take care of things. Um, but that was the biggie, just having juice everywhere. And I think, you know, I because I wasn't really paying as close attention to my diabetes, I was definitely running a little bit higher in general than I had been in pregnancy for sure. So, and because if you are breastfeeding or that if you're pumping, um, you're, it's a very weird diabetes experience because it's almost like you're doing like an intensive workout. Like after you're done, your blood sugar sort of plummets. Um, and so while you're breastfeeding or while you're pumping, I would often have a little bit of juice next to me, or I'd be having a snack while I was doing that to help counteract that potential low. I have a weird science um, yeah. question that you might not be able to answer, but if your blood sugar is super high, mm-hmm. can you still breastfeed a couple hours later? Like, is yes. that so? Does it? Affect- I actually asked. I don't, and I don't know the science or why behind it, but I did ask. I think my endocrinologist and my like and the OB. You know, is my blood sugar impacting what's coming out of in my milk? Like. If I'm really high, is my milk going to be like super sugary? And they said, no, it doesn't really work like that. It's not like, no, that was basically the short answer. And I didn't really ask why, but that was a relief. It's kind of like, okay, I don't need to know why. Let's just keep going. Yes. Um, But that's so interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, I think about it like obviously alcohol is very different than sugar, but you can't drink and then a few hours later, you know, breastfeed. So it's just so yeah, interesting like, like, the, the things that filter out. Exactly. It is very interesting. Um, and so that was a relief. It's like kind of, again, not something you don't have to worry about immediately. Um, i trying to think what else. Like it's, I mean, in that newborn phase, like I said, I had a lot of help, which was crucial. Um, I also think that unless something's an actual crisis for the child, yes. it's okay to put the kid down oh, for a second so you can uh, treat your blood sugar. 100%. Like and your I think baby. It's so hard to to conceptualize like I th- yes. And I think you know it's interesting I think being diabetic and being like a diabetic parent, I think you are forced to have a different mindset which is actually very helpful in the postpartum period of like your needs are important too because they are literally like important. You have to take care of yourself and make sure you're not super low or, you know, super high. 
And so I think that was helpful in the postpartum period because it's so easy to forget about yourself and only take care of the baby's needs. And that, you know, diabetes aside, that leads to just general burnout, right? And Which kind of gets us to our next topic. Yeah. Yeah. I have literally – sorry, I just don't know what to do with my mic right now. Um, <laughs> I have been so burnt out the past – really since I had COVID in January, which I still need to do an episode on because, boy, did I have COVID. Um, but I – my levels have been so different since having COVID. Mm-hmm. They're finally coming back into range. But my period just, like, disappeared. Like, it was a whole – Oh, I just got an alert that we disconnected, but now it's back. I've never seen that before. Oh, gonna hello. gonna testing, keep on testing. yeah, testing, <laughs> testing. Um, my period, which already is a cluster F when it comes to diabetes, mm-hmm. just like was extra weird. And then I had so many pump failures and pump issues, like that went along in the yeah. same time period that I am just like so freaking tired, mm-hmm. and I don't I'm definitely reaching some burnout areas Mm -hmm. of of my diabetes and I'm coming up on year nine wow um you know 2024 is the big 10 I don't know what I should do for that maybe we'll have like a big pancreas palace this is so weird for me because I feel like when we met you were like this brand new shiny diabetic and I was like a year crazy that it's yeah it's not new anymore it's crazy it's it's wild and I learned so much from Miriam and so much from all my other pals out there, but you can know the world about diabetes mm-hmm. and still experience burnout. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. So also, this has just been like a series of unfortunate events. I do have to share this one situation that happened Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I am on the Omnipod insulin pump, so that's kind of like a tubeless system. So you slap on a pod, you're good to go once you hit a few buttons, whatever. Um my skin gets really dry in the winter and I find that if I have really dry skin, sometimes the adhesive doesn't adhere mm-hmm. quite as well and I can get like pods falling off or, you know, I don't irritation. know, like a, irritation, yeah. occlusions, even sometimes depending on where the pot is. And I've been going through basically, this is the most bizarre thing and I'm so weird to share this, but I have um, really taken to working out in my thighs I would never describe them as super muscular, but my endo was like, I was like, for some reason, my pumps just aren't working on my thighs anymore. Like the insulin absorption is just not there. And she was like, okay, let's look. She was like, yeah, no, your thighs are just too, they're super muscular. So it's probably just not absorbing in these areas. And the air, the one area that like maybe you could put it has been overused mm. because that's where, you know, so scar tissue builds up. Yeah. So now I'm basically just using my arms because I get like I used to get infections on my stomach whenever I put my pump mm-hmm. on my stomach and for looping it doesn't connect when I put it on my butt so I'm like which also is not the most comfortable when you sit all yeah. day and sleep on your back so I'm on my arms and I'm trying to rotate you mm-hmm. know like you know keeping my pumps on two to three days instead of like three to four sometimes just to make sure the scar tissue isn't that thick whatever mm-hmm. so I slap a pot on my arm on Tuesday and I head out to meet my boyfriend and his parents for dinner. And, um, you know, I made sure I had taken a shower and I made sure like everything was like good to go. Cause sometimes when your skin, I don't know, sometimes when you're hot, the, the adhesive doesn't yeah. like stick. So I was wearing a really cute shirt, like ready to go. And we walk there 
and we as in my boyfriend i don't know why i said i was meeting him he was with me um <laughs> we live together lol so we walk there and it's like a mile, 1.2 miles whatever so i'm like okay you know like great this yeah. will help with the shugs for dinner so we get there and i start going up a little bit and i'm like oh that's weird but then it levels off because mm-hmm. i had just walked and then I have some bread and my actual meal was a little bit low carb, but then we have a little bit dessert. And by the time we get to dessert, I looked down and I had gotten a few alerts from Dexcom, but I was like 350 double arrows up Aww. and I was like, oh Lord. And I have also been sick on and off since mm-hmm. January, since I had COVID. So I'm on antibiotics for a sinus infection. So I wasn't drinking or anything. Um, so at least that wasn't a part of yeah. like my equation, but I I've I'd been feeling sick like I knew my blood sugar was super high but I like we were about to get the check so I was like okay this is like whatever so by the time we get home I was like close to 400 and so I gave myself a shot and Mm -hmm. then went to change my pump and the freaking pump wasn't in my arm it's not like the cannula was just like the cannula was just like squirting insulin into my cute shirt and (laughs) I um I was just like and I had some decent sized ketones mm-hmm. and I was just like I cannot catch a freaking break no. because every time I get sick obviously my blood sugars are a little bit all over the place and then I've just had a 2023 as you know I feel like yeah it's in a I rough start a Miriam, to the year we needed a Miriam pity party and then to keep moving on yeah. um <laughs> Head back to the earlier seasons to learn about Miriam's pity parties. That makes it sound like she's having them, but like we just talk about how very it's okay, it's okay to have them. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to like be Take frustrated and kind of like accept that sometimes something's crap, but then, you know, you pick yourself back up, slap on a new pump and move on. Yeah. Um, but it was just – I'm just like so – so burned out also with work and stuff so I'm just like toasted I'm so burnt I'm I'm toast I'm a little scorched maybe even (laughs) but um yeah it kind of made me want to listen to some of our earlier episodes on burnout but also really take it to heart because I know that everyone experiences some form of burnout Mm -hmm. with a chronic illness because it's chronic um Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like what would Miriam say to me right now I had my pity party, but now I need to actually, like, take on the next day. So, yeah. Miriam, what are your hot takes with – also, you've had 27 years? 27 years. <sighs> with bizarre. type 1? Yeah. So, tell me your wisdom. Let's hear it. Um, You know, back to basics. That's kind of like when you – I think first step is identifying that you're in this kind of really burnt out state. I think usually there's like some sort of trigger. So in your case, it was just like being sick and kind of not catching a break. Like there's always something, you know, you finally feel like you're getting back to normal and then something else, you know, crappy happens. And so, but sometimes burnout comes if you're like, you get all worked up and say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to take charge. I'm going to be super vigilant. I'm going to be like really on top of diabetes and you almost are doing too much and it feels unsustainable. Um, so when those things happen or you kind of reach the state of feeling like I just can't deal with this anymore is really just go back to basics. Like do the bare minimum to keep yourself relatively in range, not exhausted, out of the hospital, out of like crisis, you know, really. And I think that's what you're doing. You know, it's like you identified, okay, this pump's not working. I have ketones. 
I'm going to go home and take a shot, you know? And so that, that is keeping yourself alive, obviously, keeping yourself out of the hospital and doing the bare minimum to give yourself some time to like work up the energy again, to get back on, on your horse, on top, back on the horse, <laughs> back on top of things. Um, and so I think that's key. And I think it's just acknowledging, like, it's okay to have these moments. Um, you know, burnout doesn't mean something's like horribly wrong with you or that you'll never get out of it. It just means like you're exhausted and you're entitled to feel exhausted because this is the most chronic, chronic disease, right? It's like 24-7 management. Um, and so, of course, you're going to have moments where you're just over it. So I think, you know what? And how- it affects your sleep. It affects, yeah. like, it's, you know, it's com- it's compounding things with this. hundred percent. This disease. So for sure. I think that for me, I just have not gotten a good night's sleep in months. Yeah. Um, I turned to Matt and I was like, I feel like I have a newborn child. I'm not getting emotional. I just have raspy voice. I have a raspy voice. That's actually a whole other thing, but I'll tell you about that later. (laughs) I have a cyst on my vocal cord, everyone, because that's like another medical thing. I'm, I'm okay. I just have to get surgery. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. I might have to go on vocal rest for a couple of months. I don't know what's going on there, but, um, should that happen, I will let all the pals know. <laughs> um, right now, I'm doing speech therapy to help shrink the cyst. Very oh. sexy cyst on my vocal cord. Um, anyways, it was actually a really funny experience getting that found out. But anyways, I just think that it, when you have multiple medical things going on and when yeah. you have um, so many things outside of your control, like you know, the pump just literally not inserting. Um, yeah. It's Matt turned to me when we were, he was so concerned because he's like an angel and I'm sitting here and I'm trying to get my blood sugar down. I'd given myself a, like a shot mm-hmm. and slapped on a new pat, pot, <laughs> pod and um, he was like, you know, like, he's like, that just really sucks. Like there's nothing you could have done. And I'm like, welcome to diabetes sometimes. Yeah. Like there's so, I mean, like I wasn't so many things about that are it. in our control, but so much out of our control. Right. So for everything that's in our control, there is at least one or two things out yeah. of our control. And it's yeah. making sure that those things within our control are for the most part managed in a health, like in a way that's conducive to keeping you alive. Yeah. Where So when things go out of control, when things are out of control, we can still survive oh 100 and i I that's why to kind of you know not to not to put make it all shiny and sugarcoat it but like can you think of any a more resilient crowd than type 1 diabetics like it's kind of like you we're forced to be right because like cancer patients yes (laughs) not to be like we have it worse than anyone but like we're so resilient and i i really love that about this community that you like see type 1 diabetics just sort of like living life and persevering and doing things like normal even though there's a million things going on in our brain all the time and there's some like quote I always see like all over Instagram but it's loosely something like just because I carry it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy and that's always what I think about diabetes. Like just because on the outside, obviously it's this invisible illness for the most part, unless you see like all the robot parts, but just because 
you can't see us. We don't look sick. We don't look like we're like calculating a million things in our mind all the time. It's, it's amazing, but it, it doesn't take away the fact that it is a lot. It's a big responsibility that none of us asked for. And I'm just like proud of our community. And I think it's really awesome how resilient we are and how we like keep doing stuff, even when it's really hard. For sure. And when I get like super burnt out, um, I think another, you know, the community is such a good place for me to turn. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of sugarcoating, but I think people are getting better about showing the highs and lows. And, you know, I actually have a friend from college who was recently diagnosed Mm -hmm. with type one um, at like 25, I think. Mm -hmm. And she's a bit younger, lol. And um, she has been like plowing through our episodes and we've been texting about Mm -hmm all the stuff and I'm like oh my god when did I become Miriam (laughs) and she you know she's really taken all of this on and she's incredible and Mm -hmm. killing it but also that was me yeah and that was Miriam and that was you know it's for every person that's made it here including us Miriam and I Mm -hmm. I think it's for every moment I get burnt out I'm like look at how far I've come though this is me burnt Mm -hmm. out but that's better than me day one. Yeah. And that's important too. Yeah. So while I'm exhausted emotionally, physically, and existentially, yeah. Um, I know that it's still better than yeah. being back to square one. So 100%. And I think something that helps when you're in these like tougher periods or tougher chapters is if you even if not, even if you're feeling the most pessimistic as long as you have that glimmer of a hope that you believe that you know this is temporary right like diabetes who <laughs> can't say it's so temporary unfortunately yet but this feeling of burnout i hope you can believe that it's temporary because you've had these hard chapters before and they've been temporary so there's no reason to think that this chapter also won't be temporary and so just knowing like okay i won't always feel this way if that's the only glimmer of hope you have to get out of it that's something and i think that's important to hold on to i mean i think that's also like the most important aspect of it right yeah. like your blood sugars are constantly changing which oh, yeah. means that that's an opportunity for you to you know feel better in a couple of in an hour exactly. or two exactly you know? every day you get to start over Truly. And and so that's I, – I know I've said this before, but that's, like, the beautiful part about type 1 is that, like, every day you We're get to start fresh. Out. Every day is Groundhog Day with type yeah. 1, but, like, <laughs> in a less day, terrifying but, way. But you get to decide, like, okay, if yesterday was crummy because I wasn't paying attention or I ate something that was, you know, I miscalculated. Or my insulin pump failed. Insulin pump or failed. Like, my shipment didn't come yeah. in or something like you that. You get to you know? start – fresh right and you kind of learn what didn't work last time and what what do I have control over what can I shift that that you get to start over and so that's nice and it's these moments that I like to remind everyone that Miriam is a licensed mental health counselor and that's why when she talks it sounds so similar to my therapist (laughs) (laughs) for the record I'm still on maternity leave so you're really having me like use some muscles exercise some muscles I haven't been using in a bit but Oh my god, sorry, I didn't realize I was taking you out of retirement. Not retirement. Oh my god. Oh my god, the moms are gonna come after me. Oh my god, I didn't mean to say retirement. I'm so sorry. No, just a leave. Maternity leave. Maternity uh, I'm gonna leave. edit that out because I hated that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real. 
Um, but yeah, it's nice to kind of exercise these, these therapist muscles a little bit again. Um, do you think you'll yeah. come back to it? To ther- oh, a hundred percent. It's just, you know, living life with a, with a baby and I'm enjoying it. I like love being home with him and have, and I'm fortunate that I have the opportunity to kind of stay home and spend time with him. But now that he's turning into a little toddler, it's like, all right, some space between us could be nice. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. I, I have to, maybe I'll like post some pictures of Amelia on Patriot Spouse so everyone can see. She is at the cutest age, but I guess at once they're more aware, like I think once they hit six months, they have like a little personality coming she out. Has yeah, it's such so a fun. Personality. She has two little teeth on mm-hmm. her bottom, and she is the happiest baby. She's constantly smiling. She's always laughing. Like she giggles now. She never looks like she woke up. Yeah, when she turned like five months. Probably it's like, oh my god, hello. Yes, and they become I, less of a potato and more of just like a little person. Exactly. We love potatoes. I love potatoes. Um, honestly probably somewhat easier sometimes but yes um she it kills me I call her my little anti-masker because <laughs> she I've been sick constantly mm-hmm. right the last three months but I make sure it's not COVID but I still wear a mask mm-hmm. even in between sicknesses because I don't know if I'm contagious and I don't want to get Amelia sick but probably more importantly Amelia goes to daycare and yeah. I don't want Amelia's germs <laughs> yeah. so um, I wear my mask whenever I'm like holding her mm-hmm. um, and she just pulls it off it's so funny to like pull it off and I'm like girl you are not an anti-masker yeah. this is not who we're raising here not that I'm raising her Elizabeth's <laughs> raising her she's doing an amazing job I love my older sister but I'm just like no Mel we're not doing this I know. We, she's, it's so funny we call Max our little like anti-vaxxer because obviously he does not like getting shots when he's at the doctor <laughs> It's crazy how these things change during a pandemic because I hated shots. I used to avoid the uh-huh. shot. I used to avoid all the shots. I know. Shots. Now you're like, give me any vaccine you I'm can. Like, literally shoot me up with whatever <laughs> experimental <laughs> shit you got. I don't want to be sick again. This uh, has been a nightmare. This has been crazy. Um, which, by the way, Paxlovid is still my miracle drug. I honestly don't know if I – I would have probably had to have stayed in the hospital had I not gotten Paxlovid. So blessings upon blessings. Yeah. We'll um, chit-chat about that another time, Your the whole experience. Honestly, the further away it gets, the more I'm like – I also like don't remember the first three days because <laughs> I had like a high fever and I just was – Sleeping and – Yeah, so we'll have it. to get Matt in on that episode because I would <laughs> love to – he is scarred from it. He is so scarred. What a trooper. But I really want to know his honest thoughts because he is like not sharing them with me. So maybe if I put a mic in front of him and share it to the world, maybe mm-hmm. it'll work. <laughs> I'm dead. But – Thank you guys for making it through this episode of me just complaining about my illnesses and Miriam talking about how badass uh, postpartum is and how oh my gosh. she's raising such a cute little kiddo. Oh, that's so sweet. I feel like I just like lightly touched on it, but I have way more complaining I could do as well. But we'll do this it was again nice. because I really am so. I mean, I also feel like some of our listeners are like this has turned into a pregnancy podcast because (laughs) that's just like our life now it's not mine don't get it twisted (laughs) um between you and christy it's been like everyone's pregnant but i'm not so stay with us folks we have other people coming through and miriam likes to talk about things beyond that too so don't worry although it is funny max has like discovered my insulin pump and that's like my new favorite thing he just like likes looking at it and playing with the tubing 
But oh god, I know it's like an accident waiting to happen. But for now, it's like really cute and funny. Aww. If my Dexcom is on my arm, he like, and I'm holding him, he'll like grab onto it like it's a handle. <laughs> it's yes, Amelia does that. But I don't so think she realized cute. what she's doing. Like it's a handle. It's cute until he rips it off and you're out a thousand dollars. That hasn't happened yet because then it will no longer be cute. But right now I'm like, oh, so precious. I feel like everyone should go listen to our episode with Bethany Braun Silva about having like kids who are like, you know, a little older, older yeah. than toddlers with yeah. um in managing type one because it's very interesting. And also her kid has a has it out for her insulin pump which is yeah. also something or had it out so head head back to that episode it was in it was like two seasons ago I'm yeah you can you can find it, it says time is that yeah who, who knows okay so follow us on instagram <laughs> at pancreas underscore pal. man I missed follow, this follow this is Miriam's favorite follow and I can't tell if it's really her favorite or not follow us on facebook at pancreas pals pp Hit us up on our email. We love hearing from you guys. We are always in need of new ideas for episodes because we have so many topics we've already covered. So hit us up at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We also love our DMs. We read them. You guys rock. Don't ever change. Um, We'll be back with another episode soon. So get ready. It's season 10, people, and we are here for it. Let me just make sure it really is season 10 because I can do that on my own time. I'll cut it out. Um, (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. And Miriam, I love seeing your face. I love seeing you too. I missed you. I missed the pod. Hi, everyone. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Talk soon. We'll have Max (laughs) on soon. Yes. Bye. Bye.